With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, thanks, everybody. Thank you for that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the uh, George Wilder Jr. Show. We are live as I'm speaking, but it soon will be recorded in podcast. That's one of the greatest things I like about uh, Internet radio or radio in general. Uh, You don't have to be listening right then and there to the show. You can always, you know, um, listen to the show anytime you want a particular show. It uh, or any show, it doesn't matter. You do it at your own convenience, at your own time, at your own <laughs> um, anytime you want to put it that way, and that's great. That's great. And uh, this show has been getting a lot of hits uh, uh, when I'm not on live. I, I can tell and see, and uh, want to thank people who are listening to the podcast. When once the show is recorded, it becomes a podcast, I believe. I'm still learning the, the system myself. Um, so anyway, thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is six, four minutes after six Central Standard Time, city of Chicago. And um, it, it, it's cold outside, folks. It, I mean, uh, I'm in my studio here, and I have this great big, big-ass window in front of me. And uh, it's dark, uh, you know, a lot sooner. I mean, daylight saving time. It kicked in a month ago or so, I guess. A few weeks ago, um, and it's cold. Yeah, I mean it's November, but actually it's still fall. And winter doesn't kick in until I believe somewhere around Christmas. Uh, officially, winter doesn't kick in until somewhere around Christmas. But it, it it's technically it's still fall, and it 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 feels like winter. It's been feeling like like winter for a few days now, you know, off and on. But it's been nippy dippy. People have to cover up. Some people don't like that. They want to show everything they got. And too many clothes (laughs) just ain't going to get it. But this weather will make you cover up, whether you want to or not. You know, there are times when you can look cute. There are times when you have to cover up. Okay? All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just starting the show. And my guest is author Melissa Ruschek, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And she's going to be talking about her novel on the George Wilder Jr. show. Anyway, we have some breaking news. Uber, Uber. I mean, it, Uber paid off hackers to cover up attack. Isn't that something? It's always something about Uber. I have never taken uh, Uber anywhere. It's a, if you don't know what Uber is, it's a ride-sharing program you know it's a ride sharing program you can i mean it whereas uh people who own their own vehicles can turn them into uh taxi cabs kind of and uh for for the longest um uber has been in a, a lot of trouble i mean they hiring riders that assault their passengers i would never ever take an uber i'd take the train or uh or a taxi cab, an actual taxi cab to get where I want to go, but not never a Uber, 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 U B E R, Uber, and it's saying that Uber paid off hackers to cover up attack. If that is so, then I would think that's 
illegal. Uh, and this was this happened. This attack happened about a year ago, and the hack affected 57 million people. And Uber paid some company to keep this quiet. They didn't want 57 million people knowing that they have been hacked, which is totally wrong. Now, this is probably 57 million lawsuits up Uber's ass. Uber paid hackers $1,000, to keep a massive data breach quiet. Now, that's so dumb. Why would they do that when they know this will not be kept quiet for too long? They will be found out. This company, Uber, should be ran the hell out of Dodge. These folks are just crooks. All right. They are crooks on top of her. And Eve, Uber confirmed that it paid hackers $100,000 to keep quiet after the October 2016 attack led to the disclosure of 57 million customers' personal data being hacked. And they, I mean, you're, I mean, you, you ride an Uber, you use a credit or debit card, you know, to, to pay your fare. And suddenly, you know, Uber is hacked. Your information is out there. They, your information has been exposed by driving Uber and they are going to try and keep that from you. They're going to try it because they want you to come back and ride. They want to continue to make money off of you. So they don't they don't want you to know that your information has been hacked. You were a, a customer, you you uh had took a ride in their, one of their ride sharing cars. Um and, and that's that's bad. I mean, they tried to hide the fact that they were breached and your personal data is out there. Wow, and the breach included Names, emails, mobile phone numbers related to the accounts of people around the world. The company said about 600,000 Uber drivers also had their names and driver's license numbers stolen, and Uber kept this quiet. More sensitive information, including trip location history, credit card numbers, bank account numbers, wow, social security uh, numbers, and dates of birth were not accessed. We don't even know that. We don't know that. Okay. Uh, we don't know. I mean, once a hacker gets your, even parts of your information, they can go and get all of your information. So it's a lot of things that's coming out now that you shouldn't believe. They're saying, well, they didn't get this. They didn't get that. But hey, wow, they got your name. They got your bank account. They got your debit card number. If they got all of that, they can dig for more information about you. Okay, more troubling, more troubling than the hack itself, instead of disclosing um, the breach to the affected customers and proper government authorities, yeah, mm-hmm. Uber decided to pay, <laughs> to pay the unnamed hackers to keep quiet, not to let us know that they have our information. Now, uh, that's wrong. But that was likely a decision of of chief 
Security Officer Joe Sullivan, a former federal prosecutor, Uber hired from from Facebook. Wow, Sullivan and an additional team member were fired this week. The company should go out of uh, existence. This is something. Because most state laws require that companies notify consumers who are affected by a data breach, although not all uh, not all require customers to be notified in a specific time frame. Many uh, mandate that it happen as soon as possible. That's what should have happened. Uber should have let people know as soon as possible that their that their uh, information, their data, their personal data had been compromised. Not a year from now. Not a year. I mean, we've had all of these major breaches. What? Uh, Equifax, Yahoo, um, now Uber. There was a uh, there a couple of years ago. There was Target. You know, I mean, <laughs> and then and then they're talking about right now. They're talking about ATM scammers, uh, scan um, uh, scanners placed on ATMs around around the cities and, and, and everywhere else, uh, 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 thieves are getting your, uh, your card, your card number and your uh, password. Isn't anything safe? Can anybody keep us safe from these hackers? Because these hackers are not just uh, uh, going after um, working people, poor people, they're going after anybody that they can get some money from rich people, uh, semi-rich, uh, whatever people who are well-to-do. These, these, this is what the, uh, the hackers are 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 uh, seeking. So, in my judgment, Uber paid these hackers to keep the data breach the, the data breach quiet. That should be a crime. Somebody should go to jail. Somebody, not just. Uh, to get fired, but to actually serve crime. This, this, is, this is crazy. So they did fire the guy that they said that was responsible, Joe Sullivan, whoever the hell he, never heard of him, but uh, Uber um, is one ride-sharing <laughs> uh, company I would not uh, get a ride with anymore. And uh, they should be... Uh, um, thrown out of business. I never took Uber, so I'm not concerned about my information being out there uh, because of this particular hack. I never took and I never will, but I'm not saying that uh, my information is not out there because I am, I, I do have Yahoo. So that was hacked a few years ago and uh, I've been with Yahoo for years, I'm pretty sure. Uh, my information out is out there uh, in that effect, Yahoo and Target and all that kind of stuff. We we have gone to Target to, sh- to shop. Yeah. But it's just America has to find a way to protect um, its citizens from all of these hackers. And these hackers can be anywhere in the damn world, if not right next door to you, anywhere around the world. You know, uh, Timbuktu. <laughs> Who knows? But they are there. 
All right, you've been listening to the show. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And um, they're still talking about um, um, sexual harassment in Hollywood, sexual harassment in uh, in the television genre. <laughs> it's all over the place. Um, um, today, um, Charlie Rose has been fired. And uh, Trump endorses Moore, Roy Moore. He says he endorses Roy Moore because he doesn't want to see a Democrat in the seat. Well, let me tell you, Mr. President, uh, Roy Moore is at this hour losing to a Democrat. And by you endorsing him, uh, I'm pretty sure (laughs) he's going to lose even more. But uh, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, and a lot of, uh, even John Conyers, a representative in Congress, this guy is 88 years old, and he's being accused of sexual harassment, and they're trying to, trying to get him to lose his job. But I'll tell you this, uh, Conyers and Al Franken, uh, these two who have been accused of um, sexual harassment and are... They are asked to step down, quit their jobs. If if Al Franken is forced out, if John Conyers is forced out, the Democrats are going to be on life support. We may get another four years of we may get another four years of Donald Trump or some other Republican. So um I mean it it's it's I mean, when you I mean, because I'm disappointed in Frank, and I'm disappointed in Charlie Rose. These are people I looked up to. These were these were mentors, and to hear this kind of stuff is just crazy. Okay, Charlie Rose following sexual misconduct allegations, he, they fired him. And I think some of the, if some of the things that they said that this guy done, he deserves to be fired. But I don't think Al. Uh, Al Franken deserves to lose his job, and I'm not trying to be hypocritical. Um, I just don't think Al Franken. I mean, you know, from from what I'm hearing, this was some sort of a skit. Uh, but however, Franken did apologize, and he he accepted. He's going to accept his punishment, but I'm hearing that he will not step down, even though people are calling for him to step down. And it's being, men are being made to be scapegoats. I mean, men are being vilified throughout, um, throughout America. Men are being vilified by women right now. Men are being vilified. I mean, uh, in terms of sexual harassment that's been going on and the men are going down for it. Uh, Look, uh, as I've said before, I don't make light of sexual assault. On women, I don't make light of rape. I don't make light of touching some woman somewhere where she doesn't want you to touch her. I think a lot of these guys deserve what they're getting. Yes, I do, and um, I'm, I'm not making light of it at all. But I've been blasted. I've been lambasted for just saying that I think uh, it's shameful to. Um, to put all of this on men. Yeah, men are, some women are, are calling men dogs. 
uh, sexual harassers. You know, but this is not just a man's problem. Women are sexual. Some women, I, I always emphasize some, to some people that don't even make it, that don't even get it. That that's there's no reason for that. But I always say some because some women are sexual predators themselves. So you can't really put all of this on a man. I know people out there, are you crazy? That's not right. Women can be just as much sexual predators as men. Men are not going to come out and, and, and say, wow, she grabbed my penis. Men are not going to come out and say, wow, she uh, rubbed me on my butt. Or wh- men are not going to come out and say, wow, she stuck her hand down my pants. Men are not going to do that. And it's not because they're afraid. It's just, <laughs> let's face it, some, some men um, regard it as probably amusing, even if they're even if they're not, they're not asking for it. But there's no doubt. I be, there's no doubt. I do believe that men uh, are are uh, more 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 of sexual harassers than than women are. You know, men are not going to come out. And there's no doubt about it. And once again, I'm going to say this: some women, some of these women, are lying. Some may be telling the truth some are lying it just some are just or, or some are just you know exaggerating uh exaggerating what happened a little bit more than than what actually took place you know some women are lying i mean i've been vilified for saying that and and it's true women some women are just looking for attention i'm not saying that these guys didn't do what they were um, allegedly said to have done in terms of sexual harassment, but I do know women look for attention. Women are susceptible to sexual harassment of men, just like men are susceptible to sexual harassment of women. Now, I'm looking at a photo right now where uh, Al Franken has his hand on some woman's breast while she's sleeping. I'm hearing that was a... um, some sort of a skit. I don't know. I'm just, it, it may have been, it may not have been. But uh, if, if the Democrats lose uh, Franklin, Al Franken, I mean, they may have a problem with, uh, because uh, uh, winning, because Al Franken is probably the only one that actually does some work. And who actually is into his job, into doing his job, and into uh, serving the people of his state, you know, and of America. So it's sad that this has happened to him, but you know, but if he has to go, he. But if he has to resign and he has to go, uh, then so be it, and we just have to deal with it from there. All right, so. Um, yeah, Al Franken is. I'm looking at him right now. I'm looking at the computer here. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think women uh, should get a pass, and I'm not, I'm not um, making light of the situation in any way. I think all those men who have been who have been accused, allegedly been accused, um, should lose their jobs. You know, I mean, 
as I said yesterday on the show, I believe uh, there's sexual harassment all over America in the workplace. And these are not um, famous people. These are not people in high places. These are just ordinary grassroots people who are working every day. And there's sexual harassment going on in those places as I speak. And a lot of those folks have been fired. A lot of those folks have been let go. You don't hear about that because they're not famous. They're not um, they're not Kevin Spacey. They're not Harvey Weinstein or John Conyers. They don't have the, the mystique or the uh, notoriety that these folks have. A lot of people have lost their jobs. Um, uh, and I'm banking it's a lot of men who have lost their jobs, putting, touching women where they shouldn't be touching. I mean, if, if you approach a woman and you touch her where she's, uh, or touches her private or somewhere else on her body, and if she doesn't consent, and if you try to force her, force yourself on her, I think that's, you know, I think that's illegal. And you should suffer for it. And you should pay the, uh, 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 the consequences for that. But still in all, to be real, to put it on the even plane, some women are just as much sexual predators as men. I just get pissed off when I read and see and, and people tell me that uh, it's a man thing. It's not. Women, women, there's a lot of women who enjoy sex. There's a lot of women you can touch anywhere you want to, and they will not say a word because they're going to want you to touch them again at some point. But then those are, there, there are those women who do not want you to put their hands on them, and those are the ones you shouldn't bother. Because if you try to bother them and you're working, <laughs> and you're, you're, uh, you're working, you're Hollywood or whatever you're doing, you're an actor, you're a producer, you're a director, you're head of a corporation, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, so... That's uh, my take on it. What is yours? Three four seven eight five seven one seven six two. Once again, my guest is author Melissa Rusek on the George Wilder Jr. Show. On the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks for listening. We will be right back after this little bit.
Hello, I'm Jake Tapper in Washington, where the State of Our Union is looking east. This morning, President Trump is in Tokyo, wrapping up his first full day abroad on a nearly two-week trip to the Asia-Pacific. Clearly on the president's mind, North Korea. Speaking Yet, uh, he's just been fired. Uh, Charlie Rose has just been fired. It's all over the news. It's all over the Internet. It's all over everywhere. And uh, it's 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 sad to know that this guy whom I looked up to, whom I watched a lot of his late night PBS programs, and I thought he was basically he was just an interviewer. But he doesn't got a lot older now, and uh, he he doesn't look to be in good health. And this may just end his life a lot sooner. These accusations, <laughs> which he apologized for, and even. Um, even uh, Charlie Rose has said he he did some things, but not all the things that women are accusing him of doing, he did not do. And I'm not saying he's lying or he's telling the truth, but, um, you know, he he done some things. There were some women who said he walked naked in front of them while he was, you know, he was taking a shower and he decided to walk naked out in front of them. And uh, I know that was a sight. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, Charlie Rose fired, and uh, Kevin Spacey's fired, Weinstein's fired, Conyers and Franklin and other folks uh, are hanging on. But for how long, we don't know. We really don't know. And and uh, we're going to try uh, and pray for these folks. Hello, I'm Jake Tapper in Washington, where the State of Our Union is looking east. This morning, President Trump is in Tokyo, wrapping up his first full day abroad on a nearly two-week trip to the Asia-Pacific. Clearly on the president's mind, North Korea. Speaking at a joint U.S.-Japanese military base, the president sent a clear message to the rogue nation. These warriors are prepared to defend our nation using the full range of our unmatched capabilities. No one, no dictator, no regime, and no nation should underestimate ever American resolve. President Trump also spent time exploring some familiar territory, the golf course. He played around with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and he enjoyed traditional Japanese cuisine, hamburgers. The two leaders later had dinner at a Tokyo restaurant with their wives. After a week of headlines, about the first indictments in Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller's Russia investigation, President Trump told reporters that he does expect to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin later in his trip and said he will seek to enlist Putin's help on North Korea. Here to talk about this and much, much more is House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi. Leader Pelosi, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. So the president's in the middle of this 13-day tour of Asia, and there's very real concern in Japan, South Korea, and China that the conflict with North Korea will escalate into war. I want you to take a listen to what the National Security Advisor had to say this week. North Korea is a threat to the entire world, so all nations of the world must do more to counter that threat. That is happening, but the president recognizes that we're running out of time and will ask all nations to do more. Now, a letter from the Pentagon to members of Congress says that the only way to take out North Korea's nuclear program with, quote, complete certainty would be a ground invasion. Is that something that you could support? Well, I think we have to exhaust every other remedy. Uh, the, uh, North Korea's behavior is, has to be contained, stopped, reversed. Uh, they cannot have 
uh, a nuclear weapon that they, my view, my concern about North Korea is not only what they're doing, but what they're advertising that they may want to sell some of this technology. I was in Pyongyang a number of years ago on an intelligence trip to the capital of North Korea, and we were talking to them about stopping the, uh, the production of all these uh, uh, missiles, the missile technology. They said, we only, we only make them to sell them. Do you want to buy them? So I'm afraid whether it's the technology, whether it's the scientific know-how, or whether it's the launch capacity, that what they're doing is advertising. So it's not only that they would have it, but that, that it could sell it, and that proliferation would be a danger, is a danger to the whole world, and they must be stopped. I'd, I'd like to think that we would exhaust every diplomatic remedy because uh, we're dealing, we're sticking a, poking a stick in the eye of a mad dog with so, some of what we're saying. So presumably every, uh, every possible diplomatic opportunity would, would include President Trump sitting down with Vladimir Putin at the APEC summit in, in Vietnam. Uh, to talk about this as the president says he wants to do. Well, I hope that that would be a priority because the Russians have not made it a priority uh, to stop some of the activities of North Korea. Uh, many of the countries in the region help them get some of the, the North Koreans get some of the technology they have. The Russians do not necessarily want to see a unified uh, a Korea and, well, and they certainly shouldn't want one that is nuclear. So, in other words, they, they have a, a, a mixed agenda I hope that this, the president goes into the meeting really informed. He says he's the only one that counts. He doesn't need people at the State Department. No, his judgment has to be informed by the facts, by the history, by the prospects. And so I hope with all the uh, exuberance that he brings, that he brings some humility in dealing with the issue in terms of knowing what he's talking about. Let's turn to taxes. I know you're eager to talk about that. Uh, in recent weeks, two senators... Sherrod Brown, uh, Democrat from Ohio, and uh, Angus King, uh, independent who caucuses with the Democrats from Maine. Um, they have said that Democrats should work with President Trump on taxes. You have made deals with President Trump, or yeah. tried to at least. Is that possible? Well, what we have said is, if you're going to do a whole revision of the tax code, it should be done in a bipartisan way. That's the only way it will be fair, simplified, and sustainable. Did they not do it that way? No. You see what they, they try to use, uh, I'd say to Bill Bradley and to Dick Gephardt, they've taken your name in vain. They had 30 hearings over, interviewed over, uh, um, had testimony for over 400 people uh, from all sides of the issue uh, to develop something that would be sustainable. It took a couple of years. They worked with President Reagan on this. Instead, this is, as my colleague uh, Congressman Raskin has said, uh, with the speed of light in the dark of night, they're trying to move this in a matter of, of days from when we've seen it to when they will vote on it. There seem to be provisions that you could support. Um, there is a, a tax cut for middle class Americans, as well as for wealthier Americans. The plan doubles the standard deduction right. to $12,000 for individuals, $24,000 right. for couples. Is it not true that some no, lower and middle class uh, families will do better under no, the plan? No, they won't. They won't. And here's the thing, is they, they give with one hand and take away with the other. First of all, this, uh, let me just give it a macro and then the micro, because the micro is very important, what it means in people's lives. But the macro is that this thing will explode the, de the deficit, the national debt. $1.5 trillion. And one of the reasons is that they're giving $1.5 trillion cut to corporate America. And in their budget, they call for a $1.5 trillion cut to Medicare, 
half a trillion, Medicaid a trillion dollars. I mean, that's not really a statement of values. At the same time, they're saying to corporate America, if you want to create jobs overseas, you have a tax advantage over creating jobs in the U.S. I don't think the president ever said in his campaign that he was going to make it easier from a tax standpoint for corporations to... Uh, to uh, get jobs, uh, make jobs uh, grow overseas. And then the third part of it is, you know, they have this uh, deduction for state and ta- uh, local taxes, salt. Mm-hmm. Well, they rub salt in the wound on it by saying to an individual, you can't deduct it, but corporations can. So this is a, a really a gift to corporate America. And then saying, these people will pass it on to their workers. They never so have. You don't buy that argument, no, but what about that, the, the deductions that... Yeah, that right. So then the deductions, and thank you for bringing that up. What they do is, uh, it, it's, it's a sleight of hand, it's a shell game, it's a Ponzi scheme. They make it look as if they're giving some. They're like at a banquet. They spread out this banquet for the wealthiest Americans, for corporate America, and they throw a few crumbs uh, to the middle class, and then they, then they take them away by this. Do you think it would be a statement of values for a tax plan and a budget to say to families that are trying to pay off student loans, $2,500 deduction, we remove that. Uh, To teachers who take uh, supplies to school, you know, because their schools don't have the arts and crafts and some of the things they need, teachers had been able to deduct what they they paid for that. They take that away. Medical uh, deduction for extraordinary medical costs. It's been there since 1944. They take that away. Uh, the, the list is a long one of all of the things they pull away uh, from the middle class. So really, the, the net gain is not there, but the huge gain is there uh, for the, the super rich and corporate America. This is a moment of truth for America. Are we going to go deeply into debt, deeply into debt to give tax cuts to the high end at the expense of working families in America as we give advantages to corporations to send jobs overseas while pulling away school supplies uh, from children. It's a, a, there's so much in it, that, but you have to look macro. And one more point. Mm-hmm. While they take us deeply into debt to the tune of almost $3 trillion added to the deficit, very hard to come back from that. The next 10 years, and we have to always account for 20 years, the next 10 years is a hemorrhaging of the national debt. And these so-called budget hawks have turned into an extinct endangered species. Leader Pelosi, stay right there. We have much more to talk to you about, including the recent talk about impeachment. Is that a reality for Democrats? That's next. Welcome back to State of the Union. I'm Jake Tapper. We're here with House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi. Um, Leader Pelosi, let's turn to the big developments uh, this week in Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. The president says that there's absolutely nothing in the indictments or anywhere uh, that directly connect him to any collusion with Russia. Take a listen. All I can tell you is this. There was no collusion. There was no nothing. It's a disgrace, frankly, that they continue. What's your response? It's really stunning to hear what the president has to say. The fact is that we have to follow the facts. I I think that uh, Mueller is doing a very good job at what he does, and that's inside the Justice Department. I think that our intelligence committees are doing a good job, a judiciary committee as well, in what they do inside the Congress. I still think we should have an outside commission. That is not to conflict with what either of them doing, but to give us a real picture 
of what happened so that it doesn't happen again. This is about our electoral system, an assault that was made on it, and we have to know the facts as we go forward. The, you would think that the President of the United States, who takes the oath to defend the Constitution, would be the first one to say, whatever it was, we have to protect our electoral system. But he hasn't done that. One of the things President Trump's been hitting Hillary Clinton for is an excerpt uh, in Donna Brazil, the former DNC interim chair, uh, her new book. And Brazil says she believes that the Clinton campaign exerted undue influence over the Democratic National Committee uh, throughout the 2016 campaign before she had the nomination. I want you to take a listen to something uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren told me on Thursday when I asked her about Brazil's allegations. Look, this is a real problem. But what we've got to do as Democrats now is we've got to hold this party accountable. Very quickly, Senator, do you agree with the notion that it was rigged? Yes. Do you agree with the notion that the Democratic National Committee, not the primary process, but the DNC, was rigged in favor of Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders? Well, everyone goes back to relitigate elections when you lose. It is everybody has a version and maybe all of it have an element of truth. What I think we have to do is go forward. I, for 30 years, have been against superdelegates. It doesn't make me popular in my caucus or among the DNC members, but I don't think, I think that that really says to people, whatever you do out there in the election, we will have the final say. So I think that one of the things as we go forward is to really more, give more power to the grassroots and all this. I've always believed it for 30 years since they started these uh, superdelegates. Issues like that, I think, will restore confidence. And that's where we have to go rather than looking back. Are you at all troubled by what Brazil is alleging? Well, I haven't read uh, her book. Uh, I have great respect for her and for Hillary Clinton and everyone uh, concerned. Uh, but uh, I, I... Thank you, Representative Nancy Pelosi on the George Wilder Jr. Show. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. And it's tough. Join me.
All right, a little bit of Chicago news. Trump may stomp for more. The George Wilder Jr. show is now on the air. It is all about... Thank you for that, George. Uh, Donald Trump may stomp for uh, more, as if we didn't know or if we hadn't already heard. He totally denies child sex allegations. Over the over all of those voices of all those women, <laughs> Trump, Trump. I mean, it's one sexual predator uh, protecting another sexual predator. That's all it is. Okay, more Chicago news. This this is on the Chicago Sometimes. So, um, carjackers in custody after. Oh yeah, we have so many carjackings in this city, folks. I had to write about it. I had to put it in. I had to put it a part of one of my. Uh, Upcoming stories for 2018. Um, fictional. Fiction, that is. Okay. But the carjacking in this city is just is just out of control. And you're saying to yourself, where's the police? Where's the police? Uh, it's out of control. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you stop at a stop. You stop at a red light, you know. All of a sudden, somebody's bump, bump you from behind. You get out to check that. You leave the keys in the ignition in, 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 in your car. And you get out to check the bump to see how much damage is done to your car. Suddenly somebody runs and hops in your car and takes off. Or somebody comes up to you while you're uh, in your car and points a gun at you and tells you to get out. And they take your car. This has just been happening so much uh, in the city of Chicago. It, it's, it's phenomenal. Carjacking. They don't steal your car. They're not, they don't wait to break in your car anymore to hotwire your car. They just put a gun to your head and just throw you out and get in and drive off. Even with your kids in the back. These guys are bold and, uh, you know, this this is crazy. And you're saying, where's the police? Where's the protection? I mean, what the hell's going on here? These carjackers are all over the place. At one time, they were they were breaking into car dealerships and driving brand new spanking new cars right off the dealership floor, right through the window, <laughs> and onto the highway with the brand new spanking cars that were on display for sale at some of these dealerships. It has just gotten so badly, it has gotten so bad, this blatant crime in your face, broad daylight. The number of people that's been carjacked, thrown up out of their cars, forced out of their cars at gunpoint, bump, bump and run type of uh, things that are happening now. Uh, it, it's, it's phenomenal. And you wonder, where's the police? Because it's, because it's going on all over the city of Chicago. And my understanding is that they've caught a few of these, these carjackers. And most of the time, these carjackers are young men. Anywhere from you know sixteen to twenty five or something to that effect, and carjackers are in custody after running away from cops in Chicago Loop. Chicago police spotted the stolen Chrysler near Polk and St. Louis and tried to pull it over. Police said the driver looked off but stopped about fifteen minutes later near Congress. In Michigan, these are streets in Chicago, where two suspects got out and tried to run, and the police got them. Okay, the police may have these two thugs off the street, but there's more carjackers out here who have not been caught. 
there's a lot of these carjackers, these guys and girls have gotten away with this crime. Okay, they, they have caught two, but it's it's probably a dozen more out there. It might be a ring of some kind out there uh, stealing cars. Just the other day, I, I watched some guy or some girl uh, steal a bike right in front of me. Right across the street from my studio, there's a bike stand. There are bikes up, you know. Uh, they may uh, lock on the computer here, looking out my window, doing some writing, and uh, this person came along <laughs> with a giant pair of pliers to cut that could cut through wire and <laughs> just cut through the wire. I think it was two pieces of wire because, and this was broad daylight. This was broad daylight, and he's he or she. I couldn't tell whether it was a he, female, or or a male because. And, but I do know that um, this person, this thief, snapped those wires and just got on the bike and just rode off. I said, well, I'll be damned. Broad daylight, people walking by, <laughs> people driving by, nobody said anything. And I'm saying, wow, that's blatant. That was a bike theft. But this carjacking is phenomenal. It is totally phenomenal in the city of Chicago. I'm pretty sure there's other cities probably uh, have to deal with some of the same things regarding carjackings. But uh, it's just weird. Suppose it happened to you. Suppose it would have happened to me. You know, you're driving along, listening to the radio on your phone or whatever. All of a sudden, you stop at a red light, you know. You're stopping, you're waiting for the light to change, and then someone walks up to you, puts a gun in your face, and says, get the hell out of the car. And 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 your car's gone. You never see your car again. The, and the police can't find uh, the thug who stole it from you. That's that's something. So that's, what, that's one of the things that, that we've got going on in Chicago right now, folks, is carjackings, you know, bike thefts. <laughs> I mean, this is street crime at its worst. You know, it's, I was going to say it at its best, but uh, I, it, it's at its worst. I mean, people are, you're walking up down the street, somebody knock you in the back of the head, take your phone, take your money, they're gone. And they've gotten away with it. This kind of crime is even happening in Chicago. Um downtown Chicago on Michigan Avenue, the Magnificent Mile. And people are, are are up in arms because there's been lots and lots of robberies. You know, um, uh, somebody walking up, knocking you upside the head and stealing your property, taking your cell phone. I don't know what the police is doing, but uh, they're whatever they're doing, they better stop doing it a little bit better because um, crime is phenomenal. All right, more on Chicago crime. Okay, city council and city council approves Emmanuel's. Okay. All right. Uh, there's they are sticking their hands in our pockets again. City council approves Emmanuel's. City council is a is a rubber stamp to Rahm Emanuel. Uh. I mean, whatever he asked of them, 
they're going to do because because uh, they love taxing us to death. Okay, uh, the city council approves Emmanuel's six, $8.6 billion budget on a 47-3 vote. Three people voted against it, 47 voted for it. So the 47 who voted for it voted to take more money out of the pockets of the people of the city, including myself. They just get off taxing us. I mean, they just get off taking our money, taking money that most of us do not have, but they don't give a damn. It's all about balancing their budget. But you, as an individual, you have your own individual budget. You don't need for them to um, tax you to death, but they will. They will. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people have left the city, the taxes, the crime, this, the problem with the schools. And if they try to tell you anything else, it's a lie. It's a lie. Tony Prepwinkle. Here's another uh, Cook County. She's a Cook County president. And she's going to be losing. She's going to be out of a job. Because she uh, she failed to balance her budget. But she has to balance her budget. She tried to balance it with the soda, sugar soda tax. It didn't work. Uh, 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 the people of Chicago rejected it. So now she has to lay off people in her in her uh department or agency to try to make up for that to try to balance the budget we hired her the people hired her to make things better but it's only been worse since she's been here it's only been a lot worse she's laying off all these people and she's going to lose her job start uh excuse me todd stroger the, the guy she beat for the job He's he's uh he's gonna run against her. He's gonna run against her. She's the most awful Cook County president we've ever had. She she's a lady with an attitude. You know, she shouldn't have the, she shouldn't have never gotten the job. Okay, uptown man charged with grinding against female passenger on CTA. Now he should be locked up. Grinding <laughs> Oh wow. It's just some crazy stuff around here, folks. It's just always a little crazy. Okay. The Bears lost. What can I say? The Bears, the Bears, they lost. Yeah. They're three and seven now. More likely they've uh, blown it, blown the uh, playoffs. Super Bowl, you can forget it. Um, uh, Carnot Barth, he missed that last second field goal, and they fired him. <laughs> they fired their kicker. They've got another kicker in there. I can't recall his name, but we'll get that later. All righty. What else is here that I can um, – Robert Reich, we are witnessing a backlash against the bullying of all kinds. Hmm. County aims to protect vulnerable from the impact of budget cuts. Well – I don't I don't know. I don't know. With these budget cuts, I don't see how many people they can help because the county uh passes budget calls for three hundred and twenty one employees to be laid off. And some of those people are crying. Some of those people are crying and, and really feel bad about losing their jobs. Some some of these people are on their jobs for thirty, twenty and thirty years and now they're losing their jobs. And this is why I always have said uh, why work for somebody for 20 and 30 years when you're just going to get kicked out to the curve? 
use half of that time to try to figure out what kind of business you're going to go in for yourself. It's all about doing things for yourself. And now these 321 employees or more that's going to be laid off, they, they're not going to have anything to um, fall back on. If you could have used about five or 10 or 15 of your, those years researching how to be your own entrepreneur, how to be your own boss, and putting that uh, into play, you, know, you, you, you wouldn't have to worry about this. Not, and I've said this, I've done several shows on, uh, on doing for yourself. Get, stop working for someone else. It's not a good thing. It's a bad pill when you work for someone else. You're making them rich. They're not doing anything for you. They're giving you a paycheck every week uh, that, that um, probably is not that much. You can't save any money. You know, a lot of people out here are working from one check to the next, which is understandable. If you, if, but however, if at all, if at all possible, please, for yourself, if you want to stop these monsters from going into your pocket, taxing you, uh, firing you, belittling you, and all that kind of stuff, micromanaging and all that kind of it's nothing wrong with working for someone else as long as you don't do it for the rest of your life. You know, take some of your life to, to uh, work for yourself. Stop giving all your energy and your time and your talents to someone else. Give those things to yourself. If you can make uh, a company prosper, you can make your own company prosper. If you can make your employer proud of you, then you can also make your customers and your clients proud of you. Do things for yourself. Now, uh, this is a shame that all these people are going to be laid off. All of them going to be laid off. And they've given uh, their heart and soul to the county. Now the county is throwing them out, kicking them out to the curb. 20, 30 years on the job. And what, uh, what can they do? They'll probably go look for another job, but, you know, jobs are tight. Stop working for someone else. They're just going to kick you to the curb. They're just going to replace you. And uh, you're the one that's going to lose. They are not. So if you get a job, make sure if you, if you, if you start out, start out, start, excuse, oh, I, I can't talk. If you start out um, working, save, put, put aside something. Save something for uh, one day uh, getting into your own business. Put 10 bucks in the bank every week, uh, 20, 30 bucks in the bank every week, and, and work for 10 or 20 years and then quit and get your own business. I know that's easier said than done, but it can happen. I hate to see people losing their jobs after they've been on their jobs 20, 30, 40 years. That's a shame. I hate to see it. You know, and they just throw you out to the pasture. You have nothing. You know, you start working on, on what you can do. Uh, if you don't know what to do, there's plenty of ideas over over the Internet that can tell you what you can do or how you can do it, or how you can become your own boss. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Follow me. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here on Blog Talk Radio. And um, 
Following me right here on Block Talk Radio. I'm uh, I'm all over the place. You can Google me and uh, be easy to find. So far, sitting U.S. President Donald Trump is pretty much the only leader, uh, really not just around this country, but around the world, who has addressed the violence that took place in Charlottesville uh, this past weekend without specifically condemning white nationalist, white supremacism, neo-Nazi terrorism, uh, the likes of which took place in Charlottesville. Trump is the only leader that has not denounced those groups. Even Theresa May in the UK came out and said that this kind of behavior is deplorable and that these specific organizations, these groups, these supremacists need to be shut down. Paul Ryan did the same. Hell, even Mike Pence and Anthony Scaramucci came out and said that, but not Donald Trump, no. His response was that it's very, very sad. But more importantly, we all just need to come together. You know, forget the fact that there are people out there who expressing views that white people are somehow genetically superior, marching in their polo shirts and khaki pants and tiki torches, threatening other human beings. Now's not the time to address that. Now is the time to come together. Come together with these people who think that you are less than an animal is what Donald Trump wants us to do. Keep in mind, it's not like Donald Trump has some kind of aversion to talking bad about certain groups of people. This is a man who is called uh, refugees animals. He's called Mexicans rapists. He has attacked every possible group of people. Hell, he was on Twitter this morning calling out a black pharmaceutical CEO for leaving his manufacturing council. He spent all morning doing that, but can't say one word about white supremacism. But you know why? And honestly, this is not a shock whatsoever. Uh, Those of us who've paid attention fully expected this, but Donald Trump won't say anything bad about these groups of people, people that committed these atrocities this weekend, because that is his base. Those were Donald Trump supporters. Those were Donald Trump voters. And those are the people that helped propel him to national office. And those are the same people that you see online uh, defending the president at every turn, even when he does something incredibly stupid, insensitive, racist, or whatever. They have his back no matter what. Not to mention the fact that we saw on Thursday, he actually thanked Vladimir Putin for expelling U.S. diplomats from Russia. So do we really expect Donald Trump to stand up to anyone who helped put him in office like these white supremacists? This behavior was disgusting this weekend and should not be tolerated. Anyone who attended that white supremacist, or I'm sorry, it was called a Unite the Right rally should be put in jail. The person who killed that woman with his car should never see the light of day again. We need real justice. We need real reform. We need people put in prison. Until we see that, until we really crack down on this kind of behavior, it will only continue to spread.
Bullying is a slow and painful death. And probably someone you know right now is suffering in silence. Bullies and leaders, these are two things we choose to be. Why is this important to me? For 20 years, I was a victim of workplace bullying and harassment as a female officer in the RCMP. And having survived, I wanted to help other people not suffer in silence. I want to share the tools I created to survive because remaining silent, I become part of the problem. At my first attachment, I dared to speak up against two officers who thought it was funny to refer to me as Beaver and other humiliating names regarding my body parts, female body parts. Now that Manafort and Rick Gates, his uh, protege and associate, uh, have been indicted, 12 counts uh, against Manafort, and now that uh, we know George Papadopoulos, a, a campaign uh, official for Donald Trump, has already turned evidence against them, let us now check the temperature of Donald Trump's Twitter account, where it's got to be, well, let's put it this way, climate change is finally in effect over there. Uh, so before the Papadopoulos news, Here's Trump raging over the weekend, knowing that an indictment is coming, and at the time it was under seal. He said, never seen such Republican anger and unity as I have concerning the lack of investigation on Clinton-made fake dossier. Now $12 million. Okay, I'll get to why they, he keeps bringing up Hillary Clinton in a second. Uh, they, then he goes on to say, the uranium to Russia deal, the 33,000 plus deleted emails, the Comey fix, and so much more. Instead, they look at phony Trump-Russia collusion, he puts in air quotes, which doesn't exist. The Dems are using this terrible and bad for our country witch hunt for evil politics. But the Republicans are now fighting back like never before. There's so much guilt by Democrats slash Clinton. And now the facts are pouring out. And then big, bold capital letters, do something. It's one of my favorite cries for help I've ever heard on Twitter. Donald Trump screaming in agony, do something. Okay, so why is he screaming about Hillary Clinton when the Russian investigation has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton? Um, maybe he thinks uh, it's inconceivable that he won and he just can't believe it like the rest of us. Like he wakes up every morning like, really, I'm president? Shouldn't Hillary be president? Let's investigate her. Okay, uh, not likely. The real answers are, uh, number one, of course he wants to distract you. That's obvious, right? Uh, squirrel, okay. But the more important part of the answer is, they are later going to make the claim, and in, in fact, today it has begun. Well, Robert Mueller was the head of the FBI during the Obama administration when the Uranium One deal was done. So I, I don't know, maybe Mueller's, maybe Mueller's biased. I mean, I'm not getting rid of him because he's doing the investigation against me. No, we had to get rid of him because he didn't do the investigation about Hillary Clinton years and years and years ago. That is why all of a sudden I'm outraged that he didn't do that investigation. No, they are setting it up as an excuse to fire Robert Mueller. If he is fired, Trump should be impeached immediately. Look, if you'd like to start an investigation on something that went wrong six years ago, that's an interesting conversation to have and one we should have as alongside this one. And I think the Uranium One deal, I'm not with other progressives in the media. I think the Uranium One deal was problematic, but Hillary Clinton is not president. She didn't win, she's incredibly irrelevant. 
I don't even know if the statute of limitations ran on it. If you want to go back and investigate that, whatever. But that has nothing to do with Robert Mueller's current investigation of Donald Trump, which is of course the reason why Donald Trump is in an absolute panic. So he now this he had said back in June. So he began this theme as the investigation was picking up steam. I don't know if he knew that Papadopoulos was going to turn evidence at that point, but he said, you are witnessing the single greatest witch hunt in American political history led by some very bad and conflicted people, hashtag MAGA. So even back then he was like, Mueller, I don't, conflict of interest. I mean, he didn't do the thing against Hillary. So that's why when he finds out evidence, hardcore evidence that people on my campaign did tax evasion, money laundering, had clear ties to the Russians, and wanted me to meet with the Russians. That's some of the things we learned out from the Papadopoulos case. Uh, yeah, no, no, don't worry about any of that. Mueller conflict of interest. I gotta get rid of him. He's got the evidence. I gotta get rid of him. His panic gives you a sense of how connected Trump was to all this. Because the Manafort evidence, so far, the, the things that have been presented in public are largely against Manafort and Rick Gates and their ties to Russian oligarchs. It is, as I stated earlier in the show, it is possible that Trump was not, did not know anything about that. And he could just say, hey, listen, man, these guys were apparently trying to pay back a $19 million thing they had with the oligarchs. It has nothing to do with me, and, and I'm outraged by it. I can't believe that they potentially put my campaign in trouble. He's not saying that. Instead, he's saying, hey, I got to get rid of Mueller. I got to get rid of him. Uranium One, Benghazi dossier. I, I don't know. I'm I, uh, panic. If you didn't do it, why are you in such a cold sweated panic over it? So now he finds out about Papadopoulos and, and all the things that happened this morning, and he gets even more crazed. He says, all this Russia talk, right? When the Republicans are making their big push for historic tax cuts and reform, is this coincidental? Not. <laughs> you're, you're a child. He's the president, can you believe he's the president? And he's saying things like, not. And it's not how it works anyway. You're not supposed to ask the question and then scream not. You're supposed to say, coincidental, not. I have to teach him these things. Okay, anyway, what a child, what an unbelievable petulant child and also guilty. All right, and by the way, the other reason for that tweet is, hey, rich people, all my donors and all the people in charge and in powerful, remember, I'm gonna give you tax cuts. I'm trying to give you tax cuts. Don't, don't throw me away yet. Okay, and he goes on to say, sorry, but this is years ago before Paul Manafort was part of the Trump campaign. Why aren't crooked Hillary and the Dems the focus? I'm going to say for the billionth time now, because Hillary Clinton is not president. She doesn't have any power. She's wandering around in the woods. Your attempt at distraction has no subtlety. So it looks absurd. You're too, frankly, unintelligent to realize that. But you think just screaming squirrel louder will do the trick. No, it makes everyone realize that you're screaming squirrel and that you want them to be distracted from the thing that we're supposed to be looking at. You're making it more obvious, which is usual for Donald Trump because he's not that bright. And his last tweet is a great example of that.
All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. But we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. You're on the George Wilder Jr. Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, um, based on your opening statement there, um, what what rights exactly are being threatened uh, that you could maybe let me know? What rights are being threatened, as I can let you know? Yeah, like, I mean, you said that we need to fight because certain rights are being threatened and whatnot. I mean, what, what rights are being threatened? Well, well, I, I can say this. Uh, basically, the Constitution is being used for toilet paper. Oh, can you give me an example? Hi, I'm Chef Dr. Timothy Moore. Now, a lot of people have asked me, who are you? What are you really about? My mission is to help people with diabetes. And since obesity now has become an epidemic and it's become a medical diagnosis, what now they can say you're obese medically, and now it's changed the scope of everything. But my story, when I think about myself, is I can remember just being like everybody else, normal, playing football, good shape, no weight problem. But somewhere in my life, around 25, I was pretty good shape still, and um I was at a stoplight one day and everything went upside down. My childhood was normal, no problems with diabetes and things like that. But at this stoplight, I told my buddy that we was driving. I said, I'm the one that's driving. And I said, we're upside down. And my friend looked at me like I had lost my mind. said, what do you mean we're upside down? We were upside down in this pickup. And um, I was driving and I said, something's wrong. So we kind of pulled to the side. and. In that city we was in, we found a clinic, and I didn't know about diabetes, so they asked me. I had to close my eyes. He had to lead me like I was blind, y'all. I was he, Literally, he led me. And we went to the clinic, and they told him I was seeing things upside down, and basically they come back in. And luckily, the doctor kind of had an idea of what was going on, and he said, well, let's check your blood sugar. And I'm like, my blood sugar? What do you mean? I just ate some sugar, but I ain't never checked my blood sugar. Because you got to understand, back in my time, they didn't talk about diabetes. They call it the sugar. And they would say Uncle June or Aunt Susie or somebody just has the sugar. They didn't really go into that there was a problem that we had to change. Well, sure enough, they went back and mine was 500 off the scale. As far as this reader with me, he couldn't really tell, but he knew it was high. So they said, well, we got to let you, let you sit out at the front or we're going to give you this shot. And that's what they did. They gave me a shot. I didn't know what it was. I'm like everybody else thinking, hey, give it to me. They gave me a shot and it took my sugar down. Uh, about 150 points 
to about 200 points really in about an hour hour and a half and also my eyesight came back to normal and he told me stay away from uh, fried foods that day and stay away from any more sugars and because at that time we had just ate i'll never forget this i had a soda that was 24 ounces of sugar and that time i didn't know 45 grams of it was all sugar then they had this chicken meal then we had these biscuits then we have this other sweet tea then we had this coleslaw i'm just telling you that's what I, what I was going through at that time i don't know if you've ever been there but this was me so i got back the next morning to my personal family doctor my sugar was to about 225 and that's where my story begins and he educated me he said well i'm gonna give you this pill this is education and just uh, come see me a month from now and hopefully this pill will do what we need to do did not talk about weight loss did not talk about nutrition but god had a blessing a ram in my bush next door to my doctor's office was a chiropractor now at that time in my life they chiropractors were called quacks never forget the young man's name his name was dr lord Dudelute. that's his name and he said, young blood, come over here. I want to talk to you about something because that doctor is not really going to get you well from diabetes. He said, you're taking that pill, right? Yes, sir. So he said, if your blood sugar is down next month, don't come see me. But if it's where it is today or higher, come see me. I want to talk to you about it. So, you know, I'm thinking that guy don't know nothing. My doctor knows everything. Sure enough, my blood sugar was up more. So now I went from that little half a tablet to a whole tablet of diabetic medication and it was glucophage never forget it so the chiropractor or the guy next door uh, got to educate me on nutrition first he said let me talk about nutrition and some of the foods he was talking about i'm gonna be honest i'm from the south southern boy taking some of the food he took from me i was crying i was kind of hostile i was just just like giving up the world you mean i can't have ribs I can't have fried fish. I can't have uh, hot wings. I can't have cornbread. I can't have the things that I was used to eating. Now, I know somebody said, what, man, please? Understand, I didn't understand blood sugar. All I knew, it scared me to death. So he educated me. So we went from 10 minutes to about four hours. Then the next time I came back to my doctor's office, my doctor said, yeah, your, your blood sugar is stable, but it's still right at 250 to 300. Stable? That's what stable, 250 to 300? That's what he told me, it was stable. Well, you know how life goes? We become bulletproof and we think, I got this under control. Well, you know what? I didn't have it under control. So a couple years later, it really got bad. Then I ballooned from that nice, small, petite, six-pack waist to about 360 pounds. I went to about a 50, 52 inch waist. And my doctor at that time put me on insulin. Then he doubled it to two shots a day. Then he gave me a thousand milligrams of glucophage twice a day. He was giving me some for cholesterol, high blood pressure. And I'm still eating my diet, my junk, every day, thinking, hey, it's not going to be a problem. And the chiropractor guy told me, hey, young blood, you're going to have to stop that. So he sat me down one day and just really made me realize what my future was going to be like. And he asked me, never forget it, did you want to live to 35 years old? Because the path you're heading, you're not going to make it. Even taking the medication. See, the medication misleads us because it pacifies it. It hides the situation. And we're able to go on about life. And we'll deal with the little foot pain. 
We'll deal with the neuropathy in our legs and feet. We'll deal with the tingling in the hands. We'll deal with the blindness, cause, the blurred vision. Because we know what I did. I kept getting new glasses. So my doctor said, hey, let's check your blood sugar. Let's see about getting a new prescription. And I kept getting prescriptions. I felt like Fred Sanford. You ever see Fred Sanford and he had a drawer full of glasses? I was that guy. I had all those glasses trying to find which pair was going to fit today. But I had to make a decision. And I'll never forget it. I used to travel a lot. And I could go from one city to the next city eating a bucket of chicken and drinking all kind of liquids and a six-pack of Coke was nothing to drink because it was a 20-ounce six-pack or a liter and give me ice. I thought it was normal. But I was killing myself. I was causing me all kind of problems. Then I remember sitting down one day to my mother, and my mother just was my best friend, and I said, I'm not going to make it to 35. And she said, can't you stop what you're doing? Aren't you in control? And I said, yes, but no. She said, aren't you in control? See, I have to realize, and sometimes we have to realize, and you have to realize like I had to realize, you are really in control of what you put in your mouth. I had to realize it wasn't about my friends, my buddies, and the people that I was acquainted with thinking that I had to have this status symbol of eating what they eat. I had to make some changes. And God did it change not just my world. It changed my life. Because I changed everything. And now me, I went cold turkey as a plant-based eater. I literally gave up everything with an animal face on it any dairy, any eggs, any soy, any salt, any sugar, because I was tired of looking like I looked. And the thing about it is, nobody at that time ever told me, Tim, you fat. I was just accepted. Like some of us, we just accept it. People don't want to hurt our feelings. But sometimes it takes our feelings to be hurt for us to realize we got an issue going on here. And if somebody would have told me, hey, man, you fat, or you got a health issue, because they make it today as it's the norm. It's all right to be healthy. It's all right I'll be big boned. It's all right to be swole. But you know what? Let me educate you. I learned real fast that the skinny person just is diabetic as me. And it wasn't about my weight, but it didn't help. It was the lifestyle that I was living. The food, the junk, I was the life of the party. I always had the food, I always cooked. I always made these great dishes that I saw that I could make and I made them. And then I think about calories, sugar, carbs. Didn't think about processed anything. Didn't know. But when I learned that I could control my life, when I learned that I could grab me back, that I could, didn't have to walk outside with a folding chair. Now y'all listen to this. I had a folding chair that I had to walk to the mailbox with because I was out of breath all the time. I didn't go up anybody's stairs. I bought shoes only that I could put a thing in where I could slip, on, slip them on. Never bought a tie shoe. And I had no breath. I had, I, it was just, I was the couch potato. I sit on the potato or drove the car, didn't go anywhere like some of us do. The store is a block away. We can walk, but what do we do? We jump in the automobile, we go to the store. Well, sometimes we got to learn how to exercise, change what we're doing. And as a diabetic educator, I had to learn this. And I learned, number one, because I remember telling my doctor before I started changing, 
And he literally told me to leave the chiropractor alone. He told me he was a quack fool. That's what he told me. But I listened to that chiropractor. He made sense. I started going back to school and learning what they didn't want me to learn as far as nutrition. Oh, my God. When I started learning about what nutrition really was, really understand how much fat and oil and butter and all the junk that I was eating. And the really bad thing about it is, everybody I asked about it, oh, that little bit won't hurt. <laughs> That's what they told me. That little bit won't cause you any problem. Man, just eat it, enjoy it. Don't worry about it. Well, let me educate you. That little bit almost killed me. It really did. It dramatically caused me problems. And I had to change. Everybody for tuning into the George Wilder Jr. show today. It's been a spiritual 
<laughs> awakening, sort of speaking, kind of speaking. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and thank all my callers and uh, would-be callers and would-be guests and all that kind of thing on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Hope you guys join me tomorrow. And uh, it's going to be more excitement, folks, more controversial statements from <laughs> George Wilder Jr. on the blog. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great evening. Have a great weekend. See you tomorrow. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.